Goedemorgen. Goedemiddag. Goedemiddag. Welcome to the Aisha Network, where I, Chaya Evers, together with fascinating and remarkable women from the Amsterdam Jewish community, will be sharing stories and journeys on motherhood and womanhood. A little bit of English and Beit in Nederlands. Join us for the second season of our well-acclaimed podcast. Like the humid summer rain I've been choosing all pieces Oh, but the pieces never fit We've been playing until my heart breaks All that's left is me to quit I will take Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Haisha's podcast. I have with me today a really wonderful guest that it's been a long time that we've been back and forth um, through WhatsApp and we finally get to meet today for the first time. So I'm really enthusiastic about it. Julie Block, welcome to my home. Welcome to my makeshift studio, which I like to call it. Julie actually did a small um, Zoom class for us before Pesach, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, it was yeah. before Pesach. We had a whole bunch of different women giving um, encouragement to the masses because we were all in it together at the beginning of this pandemic. Mm-hmm. And you spoke really well um, for 10 minutes about management and dealing with the children because you're an educator. Mm-hmm. And that was our first time like really getting to know each other, a tiny drop. And now I'm so happy to welcome you into my home and to hear from you all about your interesting work and your journey as a person, as a Jewish woman, as a mother. So mm-hmm. welcome, Julie. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Yes. So um, we spoke a little bit before to get to know each other a little bit better. And you told me a little bit about your work. And I would love if you can share with everybody what is it you do and how you maybe got into it. I find it very interesting. Okay. I'm actually a teacher like you are. And uh, I used to be a teacher in primary school, but then I decided I wanted to teach and train teachers. So I did an education in coaching and in training. And nowadays I actually teach teachers how to communicate well and to give feedback, but also how to become a leader, what leadership means. So that's what I do in my profession. I coach people. Wow, sounds really um, interesting. And, and I always say this on, on my other meetings as well, that I'm in education, so I'm mm-hmm. very passionate about education. And what are your thoughts about like Jewish education here in the Netherlands in general? Like, mm-hmm. How do you think it can be invigorated or revived? Or mm-hmm. Well, I'm actually on the board of the Jewish school. Rosh oh, Pina. that's wonderful. So it means that I'm quite involved. And I, what I really like about Roshpina, and that's the school that I know best because I'm involved, my children also go to this school, is that I really like the fact that they celebrate a lot. So the Judaism is um, there. The the theme Judaism is also about celebrating life and celebrating community life. So um, I think actually Roshpina is doing a great job and uh, that if we continue this way, many children will join. That's beautiful. I, I, you know what? I think that's so true. When when Judaism is associated with joy, Mm -hmm. that's something that every child will go back to that place of that place of joy, that place of yeah. happiness that the memory invokes for, yeah. for years to come. Yeah. That that's very it's very good to hear that also mm-hmm. because you know, we always have to look at what's the goal at the end. Yeah. What do we want that when a child leaves a school, what yeah. should, what kind of feelings should they have? Yeah. And if that's a positive thing, yeah. that's that's wonderful. You yeah. it ta- they take it through their life. Yeah. 
So that's yeah, good to my hear. children come home and they love Hebrew. So they come home and they talk to me about Yareach and the Kochavim, and they really like to also learn a different language. So for them, it's about joy. It's about learning a new culture. It's about learning a new language. Yeah. Uh, so it's so much more than just Judaism as yeah. we know it. Like no, for um, sure. Yeah, from the books. Yeah, exactly. Would you like to share with the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you come from, and your background, and how you ended up here in the Netherlands? Yes, because I was born in Antwerp okay. and uh, raised there till I was 16. And uh, I was raised in a family of five children and with my mother because my father passed away after I was born. So uh, we had a very warm family life. Uh, celebrating Shabbat every Friday night. Not, we were not allowed to go out or do anything, just to sit together, eat and play Beautiful. games and be together. It was really like our holy night. And uh, we also celebrated all the Jewish holidays. And we actually went to a Jewish school in Antwerp where we had lots of hours about Judaism, about Jewish history, Israel, Hebrew, everything, Yadut. So Judaism was very much in our life. Uh, and as you know, Antwerp is very like a big Jewish community. Yeah. Um, and then at the age of 16, my mother decided to move back to Amsterdam. Oh, she was from Amsterdam. She's from Amsterdam. Actually, both of my parents are from Amsterdam. And they uh, moved to Antwerp for my father's job. So um, at my age, of, the age of 16, uh, my mother decided to come back to Amsterdam. My brothers and sisters were living here or around the world. And I finished high school on, at Maimonides. Oh, wow. Which was really nice. I thought, I thought it was a, a really nice environment. And then I started studying at UVA. I started with psychology. Interesting. Uh, which yeah. was really interesting. But I stopped because I thought it was too theoretical. So I wanted to do something more practical. And I became a teacher. That's so interesting because it, it makes sense, though. Yeah. Like some people are more theory and some people mm -hmm. are more doers so yeah, and the funny thing is that uh, lately like uh, past 10 years i discovered that i became more uh, theoretically so I, I i try to i read a lot i did new educations like coaching and training and i discovered that the reason i wanted to be practical back in the days also had to do with my life then and i yeah. now have uh, family children different life different job also i have a job so so I have different interests nowadays as well. Well, also, I think practical also takes a lot of energy. Yeah. Physical energy. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, get, and I'm also that. very curious. I discovered this, this quite lately, uh, that I'm very curious. So I need also to learn and to keep learning because otherwise mm -hmm. I get bored. No, that's, that's so wonderful. I think a person should never stop learning. Yeah. So it's really, mm -hmm. really like nice that you keep doing that and yeah. you're very young so you have lots to learn for <laughs> okay so you so you studied that and you started your life in Amsterdam yeah very very nice yeah. so you have a lot of um, interesting stories from your past that you mm -hmm. in very short related to me about traveling to Africa for a few years and mm -hmm. that sounded really interesting and I would love if you could share it with us because mm -hmm. there's something you know about um, as a woman or as a as a wife, you were married then, I think yes. you said? Uh, no, not yet. No, no. Or as a future wife or a woman going on this journey with um, someone that she loves and trying to find her way and having this great story to tell about it. So I would love to hear more about it. 
Well, I had been to Africa, South Africa, uh, mostly before. And when I met my husband, who is from Amsterdam, he was doing his PhD in Wisconsin. And wow. I was living yeah. <laughs> and I was living in Tel Aviv, by the way. So we were commuting, like going up and down to America, Israel, the Netherlands, two years, two and a half years. And his PhD was about Southern Sudan. So he needed to go there for field research for uh, almost a year. And I decided to go with him. We were actually uh, engaged by then. And everybody was laughing at me, like, what are you going to do in southern Sudan? There's, I mean, it's, it's a place, there's almost kind of a war situation. Yeah. I didn't have a job there or anything. But I decided to go with him because I was very, very much in love. And also I was ready for some adventure. Uh, so we went over there. But then after a few months looking for something to do, something to do to contribute or anything but the, there was no opportunity for me to work over there so then after two and a half months I decided to come back and he stayed over there but it was a very interesting time because in southern Sudan there's nothing to do yeah. so when there's really nothing to do and you need to stay in the compound and the only thing you have is your computer and your husband of course who is, yeah. but he was at work uh, you really realize how it is to be alone really alone without any kind of entertainment or any anyone near that you love so it was interesting like preparation for a pandemic yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe yeah. yeah interesting wow okay yeah. so that's what you learned from that so, whole experience yeah. yeah and it was uh and also i learned about what it means to be afraid because sometimes i was afraid and uh, i wasn't really prepared for that And I also learned a lot about being with somebody like my husband and being a team together because we were there alone. together, yeah. alone together. So it was an interesting time. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, okay. So as someone in this community and, mm -hmm. you know, I always bring up this, this question mm -hmm. in other um, meetings as well. I want people to share like how they experience this community and what they think um, as a woman they can change or bring to the table to make this community more vibrant more more accessible for other people and you especially someone who you're on the board of Rosh Pina and you're an educator and you coach all kinds of people and you really are in this community and also just outside as well and you really have a good navigation to be able to share your your view on this so I would love to hear as well what you have to say about it I do think that for women in general, but also for Jewish women, it's very important to reach out and to make sure that people know that you are here also to help them. And everybody has its profession or quality or uh, field of, of expertise. Yeah. And I think we should more share mo more of this together because we sometimes tend to keep it to ourselves. And I think if we would all share more of our knowledge of our expertise of our joy in certain topics that would be great yeah we could it, inspire each other maybe more and also help out and reach out yeah. i try to do this with my friends we are very much um, into supporting each other helping each other out but also in different topics everybody is good in a, a different kind of topic so one is better at, uh, concerning food the yeah. other one is better in uh, education in every, if everybody shares its knowledge with each yeah. other 
what would that mean yes. for the, the outcome? No, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And I think also not in like a patronizing way, in a encouragement way. Yeah. You know, not to say like, oh, we always do this. More like, hey guys, I have this great idea. Like in a more yeah. encouraging kind of way. And it needs to come from trust. Because yeah. if you trust people that they, they mean the best for you, they want yeah. the best for you, then somebody's advice or help is very wanted. Yeah. But it begin, begins with trust. And yeah. I think we... We could trust each other yeah. a bit more sometimes. No, for sure. And, you know, it's what we were speaking about also before, like even in Haisha. That's why I really like to, you know, a lot of times organizations, we bring speakers from outside. And mm -hmm. we have done that. But what I really love is to bring yeah. people from our own community. Like like you spoke, um, okay, that was on Zoom. But I would love for you to do a class um, on education maybe mm -hmm. once, once this whole pandemic is over. But really the idea is that there is so much, like you said, talent in this community mm -hmm. that... I sometimes feel it's a shame that we don't like maximize it. Yeah, I agree Maybe. with you. Yeah, I really, I really think, you know, it's funny, but when we went with Aisha to Israel, we had a bus. Everyone had a bus. There was like five buses. And on our bus, we could have had a village. There was a doctors, there was lawyers, there was yeah. marriage lawyers, divorce lawyers. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was nurses and there was teachers and there was like a village of yeah amazing like um talent and mm -hmm. i realized in every community you have that we have the psychologists and we have the and everyone has something to bring to the table and like i don't know i'm just like thinking like maybe we should do like a women's expo where like yeah. people can share their trade and yeah. like exchange and network yeah. with each other yeah i think it's like i a, think it would be great a great idea yeah so all right so you send your children to roshpina and you live here in amsterdam and your family where do they live exactly everybody lives here nowadays in oh wow amsterdam. in amsterdam yeah wow so you yeah. all moved back yeah your mother mm -hmm. as well yes she lives here around the corner <laughs> oh nice nice okay good to know so you were we were discussing this actually before we started the podcast mm -hmm. um, about you know stereotypes within a Jewish community mm -hmm. and we have really a very broad Jewish community on one hand mm -hmm. you know there are people who are from Bnei Akiva or you know traditional but not religious to mm -hmm. people who are Haredi as you would call it which I guess Haredi means like ultra orthodox mm -hmm. or people who find themselves in the middle there's all different kinds mm -hmm. of levels and that's how it is all over the world but we were a little bit discussing how maybe the differences in our community are not so much appreciated or viewed or known mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i would really want love to hear from you know an educator's perspective someone who's involved very much in community who can maybe share with our listeners a little bit about how you see this whole puzzle mm -hmm. and how maybe our community can work more together Yeah, I think, like I told you also before, that we were talking about life after the war in the Netherlands and uh, that people, their identity also became more and more uh, diverse and people wanted to have uh, nothing to do with Judaism or more to do with Judaism. And I think we are now a generation wherein we can choose without the fear and without the... The judgment. The judgments, exactly. Uh, whatever Judaism looks like for us. So I think with Judaism, it's very easy. You just need to enjoy the parts that you like. And the parts that you don't like, you don't need to do because you are autonomous and you can decide for yourself. Yeah. And if you look at it that way, then everybody, if everybody does that, it's fine. And you can just enjoy it together and uh, not be that judgmental. And I think that to be when you're judgmental, It says a lot about you. So it, it's also interesting to ask yourself, what, why am I so, so judgmental? Why am I so annoyed by somebody? Or why can't I imagine how 
somebody else can enjoy something that I don't enjoy, for example. Interesting. So uh, your values are not the core values of, of somebody else, but it doesn't make them wrong or it doesn't make them strange or, or weird bad. or bad. <laughs> yeah. So, But th- that has a lot to do about your, se- your knowledge about yourself and how you look at your own choices and your own values. Yeah. I find that really interesting. And it's also about, you know, just being okay with all that is around you and being accepting maybe from both ends. Accepting and also being not in black and white. I think that something very human is to look at things in black and white because the complexity of real life is too complex sometimes for people. So they tend to go very extreme to the black or the white side. Mm. But it's, we know as grown-ups that it's never black or white. It's for always sure. gray. Sure. And it's sometimes darker gray or lighter gray or whatever. <laughs> but the, the complexity of life, but also the beauty of life, is in the middle, is in the grayness. Yeah. And uh, I think that if you realize that that is actually what's happening in life, it becomes more interesting. Yeah. And I think also every person has their journey and their path of that they need to follow. And you know, they say there's 70 paths to the Torah. Yeah. It really is yeah. because every person has their soul's drive mm-hmm. and they have to follow it whatever yeah. it's taking them yeah and it's too um, simple to to look at things as good or bad that's yeah. what we're thought uh, taught as children because yeah. it's too complex sometimes for children to understand yeah. that it's more complex than that but we as adults should know better that in everything there is a maybe a good side or a bad side a nice side a less nice nice side yeah this is how it works yeah very nice and you know you're also, you have two children, mm-hmm. Baruch Hashem, mm-hmm. and you are in education. And I would love if you could also share with, especially the women who are mm-hmm. listening to this, like some some juice, some, <laughs> something like, you know, nice about um, mm-hmm. parenting and raising our children. And, you know, we always say that, like, we believe in Haisha, at least, that um, women are really the leaders of their homes yeah. and communities. Because mm-hmm. when we want something, we go for it. Mm-hmm. And we won't stop yeah. in our homes or if we want something to happen in our community or in our schools. We have this power. And yeah, people should be scared of us. <laughs> I think so, at least. We'd love to hear like your insight on, especially in today's generation, we have so much stimulation and so much going on. Like, How do we navigate all this? How do we raise our children to just be normal and um, not like zombies and you know getting surviving all this um craziness of the world um i, I like this question yeah. i really like this question because i have a strong vision on this one and first of all i teach people about leadership and i think as a mother you are a leader and as a leader you need several skills one of the skills is to be proactive proactive means you have a vision about what you want to achieve and how you want to achieve it So it also means that that the day needs to not be too full because then the day becomes you or you become the day, but you have no, you cannot make choices in your day. You need to have space and time to make choices. So it means that as a leader, you need to also sometimes sit down and observe your children before you can help them. And I think that Jewish mothers, (laughs) I will talk for myself, but also for a lot of people I know, are uh, really wanting, uh, willing to help their children, cooking and, and, and making sure they have everything they need, but they sometimes forget to just sit down, watch their children, and observe them in what they really need. And I also think that a lot of times it's not food, and it's not new stuff, but it's attention to just be here, be very consciously there, to play together, 
to read together and to actually play the pause button, just to pause and to be there. And I think that whenever we do that, we notice that the connection is really there because they can make their own food. They can manage a lot that we don't even give credit for, give credit for I think. And the thing that they really need us most for is to be there, to be there consciously, to observe them and to actually pro be proactive in the stages that they go through. So, for example, when your child goes to the first grade at school, to already be thinking, what is the next step for my child? So now, not only what, what's here now, now, but what will there come? And to foresee that and also think about what shall I uh, buy or get them to uh, stimulate their challenges? Because they need to be challenged. And how am I going to challenge them and to be there and be loving in that challenging as well? It needs to come from proactiveness, a vision. Where, what kind of people do I need to, my children to be or do I want my children to become? Uh, what do I hope for them? What do I want to share with them? I think a lot of that has to do with time, to make time to be with them. I, I need to listen to all that you said. <laughs> But I think from what I understand, it's also you're saying like meaningful moments. Yeah. You know, because if the children are always so busy with other things or sometimes video games or mm -hmm. devices and things mm -hmm. like that, and then they're away from it, those moments need to really matter and count. Mm -hmm. well, about, for example, the gaming, eh? because yeah. you started about it. Um, I also think that we sometimes are very much afraid of being strict in things that we think are not good for our children. But I think that they need that. It's also sure. very secure for them to know that you know where you want that. Ah, this is the proactiveness. You know what kind of people you, you want them to become. So, uh, of course, if, if everybody's gaming, if your child is not allowed to game, it will maybe be outside of the group or feeling a bit right. uh, lonely about it. So maybe no gaming is not the solution, but maybe very few gaming and with restrictions around the gaming rules. rules, but also you looking at what they are doing in this game and explaining to them the good sides of gaming them to be strategic is something yeah. that you need in gaming, but you also need in life. And the part that is not so good about gaming, that it's drawing all your attention. It, sometimes it's too much for your brain and um, yeah. it consumes too much time. But if you... Let them look inside your head what your opinion is about the whole gaming. Yeah. So not only the bad, but also the good. The, you teach them about your values. Yeah, I think it's true. And also giving them healthy habits. Exactly. Yeah. And they, in, when they are very young, my children are five and seven, they are not always capable of knowing what are healthy habits. But I right. do think that you need to be strong And sometimes restricts yeah. things that you don't agree with. It's interesting. Yeah, it's really true. Boundaries, Boundaries. And, and, and limitations. And I think, you know, it's not so Dutch to do that. No. It, and I, I'm from America, so I mm -hmm. have like different ideas. But I see like in general, like Netherlands, it's not so, I mean, certain things are like they eat dinner together mm -hmm. and, you know, go on family trips mm -hmm. together and vacations together. But the idea of like having rules or bedtime, mm -hmm. it's not so... I don't know. I find it. I, I sometimes I feel like I'm like this like mean mom who like puts my kids to bed at a time. And but I don't know. That's how I function for me. But it's yeah. interesting. But it's nice to hear that also that that you're teaching this and that there is you know a lot of awareness about it. I think it. it it goes well. You can give rules that are quite clear and uh, strict 
and be loving. And I think it's not an or. I think right. it's and, and. And whenever we are afraid that we are harming our children, it's because we think that rules are only bad. But there are good sides about rules and yeah. bad things. Yeah, but I also think like for children, like you said before, it's their security. Yeah. If there are no rules yeah. or boundaries, they don't know what's safe. Yeah. They don't know what's holding, what's the net holding them underneath. I agree with you. So, yeah, that's a really good point. You know, because, you know, my son is 11, uh, 9, so I'm at that age as well mm -hmm. that they're really getting big. So I can't say no gaming, no films. You know, we have rules like for during the week yeah. versus the yeah. weekend and things like that. But, you know, it's right. You can't just be like extreme. But no. this is our whole topic, really, what you were saying also before. Anything in life, too extreme from one end to the other is not a, is not a healthy balance no and also mm. it's about balance it's exactly what you say because for example my son sometimes i see he needs to exercise because he's he has too much energy so then he wants to sit down and watch tv so i tell him this before you watch tv you do 200 times of jumping on the trampoline for example or you go for a, a run a run and then you watch tv because you need to be oh, sure that your one. energy goes out so it's not You can't watch TV, but let's make an agreement on how it will work out for both of us. And we have many of these things, for example. That's really yeah. nice. I'm going to do that. <laughs> And also in, in the weekend, we decided now to introduce before TV time in the weekend, uh, lately after, late afternoon, we'll, we'll have one hour of sitting down and reading all of us because my husband and I love to read the paper and our books. And they also like to read. But we are now going to make one hour of reading together. And then, then they can watch TV. Oh, wow. That's also really so, nice. Yeah. So sometimes we do like after Shabbat, we have like game night or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It's true. It's hard sometimes because we're busy and everything yeah. like that. But taking the time to have meaningful moments, yeah. it really brings a family together. Yeah. And, and you can even have me because I have, for example, a friend, my best friend. She's a psychologist. She works very hard and she struggles with having enough time with her children to have quality time. So I, I tell her sometimes that you can have quality time also when you're not there. For example, leaving them notes on their lunch boxes, lunch boxes with something that you know they like. It's a very small thing, but it's very meaningful to a child to know that you have prepared that for them and that they will have a smile on their face uh, thinking of you when, yeah. even when you're not there. So these, these are all things that if you are, you take time to sit down and think about The connection and what do I need? How can I contribute to that connection? You will find ways. You know, it's so interesting because as soon as we got into this topic, mm -hmm. you have this like smile on your face. Like <laughs> I could see how passionate you are yeah. about parenting mm -hmm. and education, and it's very inspiring, I have to say. And Thank I'm going to take some of those tips <laughs> along because I think they're really on point. Mm -hmm. Wow! Thanks. Thank you so much. We spoke about your upbringing to your community involvement, to your view on the community, to your journey as a mother and an educator and I find it really interesting and thank you so much for sharing that with with me is there anything else you would like to share for our listeners one parting message or um, um just... well I think that Haisha is a very nice platform for women in the Netherlands and I think that it's beautiful that it's so diverse so I'm happy you're doing this work thank you continue doing it I and will. whenever you want to talk about coaching or anything in this way You we'll can reach out. Yeah. We'll definitely see you again. Okay. I hope so. Okay, All right. Thank, thank you. you for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today at our podcast. We hope you join us again very soon. To find out more about Haisha or to join one of our events, 
Visit our website at Aisha Pintanel or check us out on social media, Facebook and Instagram, haisha.nl. The music featured in today's podcast is by singer and songwriter Sarah Hacht. Tot volgende keer!